Hello everyone and welcome to the new episode of UX Banter podcast. This podcast is presented by Galaxy UX Studio and powered by Galaxy Weblinks. Hello everyone. Our guest of today's episode is one who has worked with some of the world's most beloved brands and has experience in top level automotive, IT, enterprise, web and banking industries, including over 10 years of UX design experience. Joining us from San Francisco Bay Area, please welcome the senior product designer at Deloitte, Mr. Javid Ilyasi. Yes, hi everyone. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And thank you for joining us, uh, Javid. This is very early for you, and uh, you had to, you know, wake up way too sooner for this conversation. So. Um, the the question that we were you know talking before we started this recording i mean uh, that this is the first generation who is um, now dealing with ux on a senior level now people are starting out in ux directly so what is what is your story um, has been of becoming a creative professional yeah well you know i started uh, really studying um, this uh, human factor the hci human computer interaction in school So I went to San Jose State University in San Jose, California. So I was an undergraduate at the time studying psychology and then I learned about as I was nearing graduation I learned about the the human factors masters program. So I knew some of the professors so I kind of um, talked to them and um, you know they there was some um, similarity between human factors and psychology so I was able to kind of get an entry into this program since i knew some of the professors and uh, so um yeah i i joined the program and uh, from there i think the the course the program was really geared towards uh, practitioners so a lot of the professors were uh, practitioners in the field so it made it you know very valuable for somebody to go out there and start working rather than kind of teaching or doing other things. So that's what how I started. I entry into the field wasn't necessarily through other means like you know started out as a different in a different career path and then kind of got into the field. I I kind of studied it or kind of learned it in school so kind of had training in it. And then I got into the when I my first uh, position with an internship the user researcher they called it. So, you know, I started on the research side which is doing a lot of the understanding of the the human characteristics of how they uh, operate an application and then, you know, how they what can we learn from from the data like you know what how can we better the design based on the, the uh, interactions and based on the behaviors uh, that we witness from from our uh, participants uh, from our you know customers and users. Um so that's how I started from doing going through the research route and then I found that I think I really like doing design more so more like interaction design so I kind of got into doing the, the design work you know because it was more of an easier shift into uh, research into design because I had studied mm-hmm. it in school um and um you know I worked in a company that you know really supported people like if they wanted to go in that direction it's it's not a uh, you know a, a big shift so so i went into the interaction design field and then you know as i got more experience i worked in different industries i you know started out in the high tech uh, industry and then i moved over to 
you know, like uh, finance um, uh, industry, working for banks. I, I worked for automotive industry. Um, I, um, you know, just had a lot of diverse experience uh, with various industries throughout my experience, you know, throughout the years. So, um, and then as time went by, you know, uh, nowadays it's kind of the UX has morphed into more being mm -hmm. a hybrid uh, designer. So you're, you're not just uh, someone who just did interaction design or like wireframes or, you know, user journeys, mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, you're more of somebody who does the kind of the whole package, the kind of the end-to-end -end experience to develop the wireframes and the final mockup. Because some of the technologies we have now, like design systems um, and some of the tools, uh, it makes it easier just to create high-fidelity designs. So, so... Sure. Also, the, the necessity of understanding the business comes to play as well. I mean, we are at the forerunners of gathering and understanding that what is actually needed, the, the defining the problem basically gives yes. us the, um, the skill of a business analyst that one has to carry um, along with that. Um, so big brand names, I mean, uh, US Bank, Bank of America, Cognizant, Mercedes, um, and now Deloitte. I mean, there, there are several brand names and big companies that you work for with different domains. So what have been your key learnings from different industries? Yeah, I think each one has kind of certain uh, ramp up time that you learn the domain you have to understand. I think each industry has their own like a compliance and, and sort of a niche area that you need to abide by, you know, sort of like in the banks, uh, we work a lot with, you know, accessibility is a big mm -hmm. component because we work with the sure. government, the U.S. government. So you follow the accessibility guidelines very, you know, you really focus on it greatly <laughs> in your designs. It's, it's kind of very present in everything you do. Whereas in other uh, industries that they work, they don't work with accessibility. It's not to say they don't, they don't value it, but it's, it's not something that they focus a lot on. Uh, and they spend more time on the like the discovery session, you know, and the research uh, phase rather than once you get into the designs. Whereas I found that some places like, uh, yeah, banks and uh, uh, maybe other large companies, they have established uh, methodologies where you, and there isn't a lot of room to kind of wiggle. You kind of follow the path they set. So um, if you like working in that area, you know, like, just following a kind of a cookie cutter approach. Uh, but you do have some freedom to, to kind of think outside the box. But for the most part, you, you know, it's, it's sort of uh, limited by, like I said, compliance and maybe other um, constraints uh, that you have to follow business and, and technical. I completely understand. I mean, I can uh, recall that back in, I think, 2014 and 15, I worked for uh, Santander in Milton Keynes in UK. And the way Santander has grown is that they acquire small uh, societies and smaller banks um, just to open the branches and increase in the size. So every bank that they acquire or every saving society that they you know, put into their fold comes with their own set of database. And there are services which are already written. The database tables might be different. So when we were working on the mobile apps, so you need to actually consider the different ecosystems where the data was already held. So any solution that was being proposed, it has to go through a workshop that what is feasible. So there are technical people who would come in and tell us that something is not right. Legal people would be there just to say that what we can actually say and what we can't do it. 
So in in all, the user experience design was you know quite an iterative exercise where a lot of stakeholders were you know coming in and uh, telling us about things that you know what can be done and what is absolutely a no no. Right. Um, so so I completely agree uh, with that that there are certain restrictions. I mean Staples is another example that I can give you where uh, we have to do absolutely one hundred percent aligned with the the accessibility uh, side of things. So yeah, different different courses for the courses, right? Whatever your industry is whatever domain that you're working for their process has to be followed not 100% can be similar you work for Citrix I guess or Cisco Cisco was I believe uh, Cisco, you work yeah. for Cisco yeah how was that experience I mean in in, in telecom yeah I worked for uh, different times uh, at Cisco uh, and uh, each group was slightly different um, I worked uh, like uh, recently I had worked for their uh, tools team, uh, which is services and tools team. So in that sense, I get to work with some of the uh, the products. So you know, in telecom, and I think it was um, it was a great learning experience because I think they that team was really focused on uh, that we don't get the requirements from the stakeholders, but rather than it's kind of like organically uh, developed uh, through research. So once you identify a problem, maybe user uh, issue or something like that, then you build up upon that. You kind of use that as a requirement and you, you know, build a project around that, you know, try to fix mm -hmm. that. So it wasn't like it came, the requirements came straight from the uh, product manager or the business uh, team. And then you just, you know, basically worked on that. Um, it was a kind of unique experience. Uh, and um, you know, so and then, uh, but at the same time, they they there was a lot of uh, like yeah, we work a lot with stakeholders and some of the technology they use. So you had to kind of really ramp up and learn the new technology. Like they use Angular JS a lot mm -hmm. for the uh, the development of the, the application, the tool that I was working on, and uh, so it made the, the UX uh, process a little bit uh, constrained, and we really um, had a lot of back and forth with the, the development team because they wanted to follow this uh, kind of a, this tool, this package that was already had kind of all the interactions already set basically. And so they said that e it's easier to follow that. that the way design already. system was already yeah. developed and in play. So isn't that the restriction that would follow every time that we are working with um, anything which is enterprise UX, for example? I mean, you work for Cognizant, now you are at Deloitte. So when we are dealing with anything that comes from the enterprise uh, level of user experience design, I mean, these are the handicaps that we have to follow through, right? Uh, yeah. What do you feel about it? I think from UX standpoint, you should always uh, speak up and, uh, you know, champion the cause of the UX, uh, you know, if you don't, if you feel like a particular flow or something uh, is lacking from a UX standpoint or doesn't uh, understand and take into account the customer's behaviors and, you know, it, it's going to be a bad experience for them. You have to like really speak up and let them know. I think in the case of Cisco, I think they want to use the AngularJS um, mm -hmm. tool uh, that already had it made the development easier because they just said, we'll just use, we'll just implement this. We don't have to customize anything and we go from there. So it made their job easier, the developers. But in a sense, it wasn't a great user experience because we did user research um, on the on the prototypes. And we found that uh, 
we need to customize the the flow, the interactions, because you know customers told us that the our user research told us to do this. So you have to like really champion and speak up uh, because at the end, you know, if if you don't follow through with your inclinations and what you feel, that the end product might suffer. I understand there are business and technical considerations that you have to follow. I mean, working with stakeholders is, is, is a critical part of our sure. my work, you know, our yeah. work. So and and to, that is our job, isn't it? To become the advocate for the user. User advocacy is yeah. the part of the job. And, you know, if we are not doing it, then we are actually yeah. missing out on what we are hired to do. And that's true. Exactly. I think that is that, that factor. I mean, bringing, uh, first finding the seat at the table and then making sure the user has the seat at the table in stakeholders and the decisions are not just some, you know, decided in a boardroom meeting by the vote, uh, but it has to be presented with the evidence that, you know, what works in the favor. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So with that, let's move on to my cards. So I have UX banter rapid fire cards with me and I'm going to shuffle these so that I'm not sure that in which order these questions are going to come from. And don't worry, they're not going to be too controversial. Okay, so my first question to you is that if there is one person alive or dead, would you like to grab a drink with? Yeah, there's probably like lots of tons of people that, you know, are, are inspiring and, you know, I look up to, uh, I think uh, you look at their life history and you're just, you can't help but be inspired. I mean, I'm, uh, there's a lot of people like that. I think, uh, um um there's so many i think thinking about it uh i was uh, recently um uh, watching a, a documentary uh, about uh, i think one person who comes to mind is um the, the john f kennedy i think the president uh, i don't know if you're aware if people knew oh, no of course yeah the, the and I think the 1961 to 1963, he was the president of the United States. Um, his, his career was very interesting. Uh, I think he was uh, in World War II. And, uh, um, and I think, you know, he had a lot, he became president. He was like sort of, his family had a very big name in the U.S. politics. Um, so I, I would like to you know, kind of talk to him and just understand, um, you know, what was... He, he was one of the greatest, of, wasn't he? I mean, John F. Kennedy, yeah. he was the one who said that by the end of the decade, we want to put a man on the moon. And that was his mission to empower the science behind, you know, everything that was happening with NASA. And he ensured exactly. that humans go to the moon. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's the one who started that... Um, uh, pro, uh, kind of the push to to like uh, really get somebody to, to go on the moon and he helped a lot of uh, like you know my family is like an immigrant you know so he helped a lot of um, pave the way for immigrants to come to the U.S. Uh, open the way I mean I think he opened Peace Corps uh, a lot of uh, great um, community and international organizations that are still available today. I think Special Olympics, these were started around his time. So all of these things were really important and they've, they've, they're still here, you know, so that, that, that's, I mean, it, his, although his presidency was very short-lived, 
he had like a great impact yeah absolutely great answer so next one is your favorite mobile phone app i like uh i think uh, instagram i like it <laughs> uh, <laughs> just because uh of the the fact that it's so um engaging uh just how how easy it is to you know get hooked on it and just get uh, information available to you uh it's obviously they use ai and machine learning model to kind of give you content that's uh, based on your interests um so they it's more it's i think the fact that it's kind of engaging and it's just um you know it's a way to share um with your family and friends and loved ones so yeah true i mean this is the second time that the you know the content augmentation with the application you know comes to so yeah. we were talking uh, to other guests previously and uh, the the app suggestion that came somebody said tiktok and they said uh the you know if you are following a certain uh, type of video you are going to get those type of videos if you are following trash you are going to get trash um, yeah so my tiktok would look completely different from yours and same is the case with instagram other winning entries in that list are uber notes app and calendar app so i believe that actually sums up so instagram's entry into hall of fame there we are yeah. <laughs> okay so next one if you were a superhero what would your power be yeah i think uh, it's a yeah interesting question i'm i'm not going to say something like you know oh light or super strength and anything that's uh, necessarily a, a uh, that's a very basic answer i you know a lot of people would wish that i think uh, uh probably just uh, uh, the ability I'm trying to think uh, uh maybe something something cool maybe sometimes uh uh the ability to to hear <laughs> to hear well uh just sometimes you can listen to other people conversation maybe you know it kind of gives you a new perspective too like you know <laughs> listening to what people are saying thinking you know their dreams wants goals uh, so um so yeah it can have empathy, a, empathy yeah, is empathy. The, the, the core of it i think that is what we do right as a as a professional uxers that is the first thing that comes to mind that you need to build empathy if you want to be become great at your profession and i think that is a very nice answer you know to go with our favorite tv show of all time what is it that you want to watch on a binge uh, i don't watch that much tv i just don't have time really but uh, i like seinfeld i mean there's a show uh -huh. seinfeld it was, that was funny it was very engaging <laughs> um i used to watch it but i i i don't watch that much uh, tv i usually sometimes watch something on netflix or hbo max or something like that or disney plus um they have really good shows nowadays just really engaging you know for all action um i like the squid game show on uh, netflix yeah it was good it was my favorite it's yeah. very well and well thought out um you know it's a little bit sometimes it's a lot of action and violence but uh it's, it's a pretty good show uh, very engaging so i like that recently i think some of yeah just shows like that yeah like similar to uh, to uh, squid game i think that that was that was a really good show so quite different yeah quite different. i really like that yeah 
And next question is your favorite holiday destination. I like to uh, visit maybe around some of the islands in Turkey. Uh, that would be a great place or just, you know, like to go to in that area, Istanbul, uh, just a large city. So um, great history, food, uh, culture. Um, you know, it's uh, the weather is really nice, you know, Mediterranean climate. It is, yeah. So I think that would be... Uh, a good destination i think um it's family friendly uh um i know like D dubai also the great place uh so it's i too hot i think i think turkey would be the you know the best place to be uh for yeah. the holidays dubai sometimes it you know if you can go there in december for a week maybe uh that's nicer but yeah, yeah. i completely agree being to turkey and i really love the you know it is hot but not like super boiling hot like it is here it's it's fantastic place so the final question one book that has big influence on you and you would like to recommend i think one of the books um i read uh by um al franken i i, I don't remember the name exactly he's a uh, um I, thought, I think he was a u.s senator from minnesota i think he was yeah, his story kind of gave an, um, I think he was sort of like an autobiography uh, that he wrote about himself. It's like a, um, about a, a Jewish kid growing up in New York. And then he went into uh, television and comedy. That's where he was known, you know, doing, um, he was on like Saturday Night Live. And then he took a turn into uh, politics. And then he, he ran for U.S. Senate. I think he didn't even go for the lower positions. He just went for uh, ran for the U.S. Senate. I think back in the early 2000, and he and he won. He won that seat. So, um, but it kind of shows his um, story from childhood up to the point that where he was um, as a U.S. senator, and you know, it's very uh, when his policies. You, I mean, you people out. Was very, um, you know, people-centric, caring about the people's needs. I think he was very, he wasn't impacted by a lot of the um, these organizations, these corporations, you know, these lobbyists that will try to get the senators to vote uh, in their way or be influenced. He was very uh, independent in that sense. So I think um, I liked his story. I think I, I like reading those uh, nonfiction uh autobiographies um they kind of showed tell a, a good story uh, i'm sure there's a lot of other books they do inspire i mean people have to take charge of their lives and actually move on and i yeah. think that's so talking about inspiration can i can i ask you where do you get your creative inspiration from what is your process um i think you know starting out early i you know in my career i didn't know you know, you know, like the path, like basically how to create designs. Like I, I made, I made a lot of mistakes and I think uh, I spent a lot of time early in my career to rectify those mistakes. I think it's a design is a very, uh, it's not a easy to learn field because it's not like engineering or civil engineering where you can read a book and like become proficient at it. You follow A, B, C, D. It's a, it's a very uh, learned uh, field. Um, you you kind of learn from experience and um, you could you could make mistakes. And so design is very 
some design for some people you show it to them they could be they love it other people will find it uh, disgusting you know they'll be you know really uh, you know you know they, they might not, not like it so it's 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 kind of a double-edged sword uh, but it it gains you gain it from experience i think um uh, so i think you know my ins inspiration has been just to be um you know persistent in in my work uh talk to the right people uh you know um i always um you know just uh look at uh, other peers. I think that uh, the people I've worked with, uh, they've been my inspiration, like seeing how they do their work and look at, get some ideas from them, you know, their approach to design, you know, um, because that's really key. The design is like really in the approach in the early stage to get it right. And then the later, the, the actual design is easy. The actual like creating it in whatever tool you use to, you know, the buttons and uh, the colors, it's uh, the planning and the research part uh, and the discovery, the user discovery phase is the um, really important critical part. So that is the uh, challenge. Is the challenge, yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, when people who go into this field, you just have to be mindful that, uh, try to understand that you it's a process. You have to like design the process. You really have to do, the user discovery um, sessions, the, some early research uh, to understand uh, how this, how you're gonna, how this design will look like. What's the overall user journey? So maybe doing some uh, journey mapping. Uh, try to understand if you have any questions about the technology. Jot them down. Ask the people. So a lot of the work is like leveraging other people's expertise. Uh, going to the engineers, going to the product team, asking them questions, trying to clarify and understand any um, confusion uh, or any questions you have. And then, and then from there, starting to work on the design. So it's not always uh, create something and then worry about, you know, make updating it later. It's like really doing the upfront work uh, before you start creating the designs. The iterative process, the engaging process, the evidence-based design, making sure that all the stakeholders are heard, not just uh, in the boardroom, but the users, the actual users, and the people who are dealing with the technology so that if there are any handicaps, they are rectified right at the beginning. Exactly. Otherwise, you are going to get stuck into the loop. And I think one of the best thing that you said today was it's okay to make mistakes because you will make mistakes when you are uh, designing something. So, yeah. uh, Javid, that was, that was quite wonderful to hear your story. And I believe that anybody who is, uh, you know, listening to this podcast will realize that the paths are different, even the different domains people can come from. And uh, you can jump from a different domain or industries might change but the users always uh, are going to be in the middle. And that is exactly. what we are here to do, right? You know, just, you know, designing something with empathy, making sure that everything is useful in the end. Um, with that, I would like to uh, thank you very much uh, for taking time to join our podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Thank you. Thanks once again. So, Guys, this was today's episode for UX Panther Podcast. Next week, we'll get back with another line leader from the industry. And till then, 
uh, have a great day ahead bye